Howdy, y'all. Welcome to a very special episode of Roll for Persuasion. Now, y'all know that normally this year's show would be bringing you conversations with creators in the Dungeons and Dragons space. But I need to be honest with y'all for a second and let me tell you that last night I saw something. I had a vision, if you will, of a little town called Deadwood. Walking down the thoroughfare of this here town, I saw four unlikely heroes. Not the type of folk you might pick to be the saviors of a shithole town like this, but, well, heroes come all shapes and sizes now, don't they? Yes, sir, I'm sure over the next several weeks we'll get a better idea of what these heroes are going to do, but right now I need to talk about that vision. I need to share my thoughts with y'all about the sight that I saw. And you know what that sight is called? It was called Undeadwood. Undeadwood, guys. Holy cow. Undeadwood. It is the new four-part miniseries from the folks over at Critical Role. And uh, it premiered last night. Uh, Shows on Fridays on Critical Role's Twitch at 7 p.m. Pacific. I watched the first episode last night, and I I realized about midway through, I tweeted about it. I need to get on my microphone <laughs> and just talk about it because it combined two of my favorite things. And for those of you all confused by my overly dramatic intro, this is Roll for Persuasion bonus episode. I'm your host, Andrew Richardson. Like I said, normally we would be talking to uh, creators and entrepreneurs in the Dungeons & Dragons space, but uh, I really need to talk about Undeadwood right now because, y'all, it is something good for real. And just in case anyone is wondering, I am from Texas, so I do feel like I have a right to uh, at least, you know, my approximation of what a cowboy accent would sound like, but um, I could not keep that up <laughs> all episode long. But Undeadwood, guys, so so yeah, like I said, four-part miniseries being put out by Critical Role. Um, it is it is not Dungeons & Dragons. It is run on the Deadlands Reloaded RPG system. Deadlands, if you're not familiar, is an RPG system, uh, I believe from the mid-90s, that was then updated and, and re-released several years ago, set in kind of a, a horror, Western kind of background and setting. And they've used this setting to, uh, I, and I assume this is all thanks to Brian W. Foster, because if you follow him, if you hear him talk, you know how much he loves the show Deadwood. Um, which if you have not seen Deadwood, you should, because it is the greatest TV show that's ever been made. Um, I love this show. It's, it's fantastic. But they chose to use the setting of Deadwood, uh, which is kind of an 1800s, you know, mining town, um, not quite part of the United States, kind of a yet-to-be-annexed territory, you know, very rough-and-tumble, Wild West kind of setting. And they chose to use the, the Deadlands um, RPG system set in here to really kind of do, uh, you know, not just do um, a Western themed D&D session. I mean, they really went all in, you know, from from using the Deadwood setting to using the Deadlands RPG system. And guys, man, it is it was one of the best things that I have seen on the internet in a long time. So if you didn't have a chance to stream it live, it will be on I believe Critical Roles YouTube on Sunday. 
and I think episodes hit their podcast network the Friday after they originally air. Um, they also run reruns on Twitch. If you're a Twitch subscriber of theirs, check it out. But uh, if not, man, let me tell you, Sunday, check this out. So again, it's got Brian W. Foster, um, host of Between the Sheets and Talks Machina, as the game marshal. So he's running the game. It features uh, several different Critical Role cast members and guests. Uh, it's got Marisha Ray as Annabella Whitlock, Carrie Payton as Aloysius Fogg, Matthew Mercer as Clayton the Coffin Sharp, Anjali Bimani as Mrs. Miriam Landesman, Travis Willingham as Reverend Matthew Mason, and Ivan Van Norman as the bartender. Now, to give you guys an idea, if, if you didn't watch, uh, d- don't worry, this will be a this will be a spoiler free spoiler free podcast. Um, I just want to talk about what they did with this concept in this show. So, Critical Role, if if you've watched really kind of any actual play, um, tends to be fairly loose in the sense of there's a lot of crosstalk at the table, people are joking around. It very much replicates your home game, right? Because that's what it is. It's their home game. They just put cameras in front of it. Um, so lots of chatter, lots. Of, it's fun. It's fun. We all, you know, we all enjoy. There are even if you don't like Critical Role, I'm sure there's some actual play out there that you probably enjoy. But everything about Undeadwood, it's not live, so it's all pre-recorded, which means that they can do cuts. They can really, um, you know, work multiple different camera angles. The the sound effects are great. They play in front of this gorgeous, gorgeous uh, miniature replicate uh, uh, replicated Deadwood kind of main thoroughfare, um, and the ambiance is just it's just there. I mean, they really nailed it. But it, there's so many things about this just kind of jumped out at me um as as special like I, th- I really think they've hit on something here and, and they're not the first obviously they are not the first group to do well-produced you know kind of thematic actual play sessions right uh, relics and rarities um very popular very thematic the, the setting they're in but still when you get down to it still kind of has that that standard actual play feel right um dragon coast survivor's guide which if you haven't checked out go look them up on youtube dragon coast survivor's guide excellent very, very great ambiance. It's all black and white. There are kind of cut scenes of, uh, of you know, the uh, of water and waves and and castles and just kind of supporting imagery to get you in the mood. The the music and sound effects very thematic, super produced. So there are lots of people out there doing this. Um, and, and I will say between those two, between Relics and Rarities and Dragon Coast Survivors Guide, I would probably put Undeadwood right in the middle because there are moments. I mean, when you have Travis Willingham on on your cast, at some point he's going to crack and he's gonna he's gonna laugh. Um, so there are moments where they all kind of laugh and you know it's you know it's a game. But for the most part, these guys are in character, their voices, their clothing, the setting, um, and and the way they shoot it, it feels much more like you're watching kind of a, a serialized episode of 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 you know a thematic or dramatic show and less of you know popping your head in on somebody's home game. But uh, backing up real quick, back to Deadwood. If you have not watched Deadwood, if you're not familiar with Deadwood, Deadwood was an HBO show that ran from about 2004 to 2006, um, set in uh, Deadwood, South Dakota, like I said, kind of mid-1800s, I think 1870s, um, prior to annexation of that area. And it's telling the story of the people in this town and and really what goes on with them. Each, each season shows about two weeks in the life of the town, each episode is one day of the town so so it really gets you down into into what's going on and it truly is i mean i'm telling you it is one of the greatest shows that has ever been made and i have no idea why it was canceled i mean it's not like a firefly kind of thing which is also one of the greatest shows ever made where 
you know, Fox aired Firefly wrong. They were airing it out of order and on different days and, and, you know, it was poorly managed. And so people didn't respond to it. Deadwood was a critical hit that just got canceled. And they recently did come back and, and with, you know, the original cast and writer and, and do the Deadwood movie, which I, I confession have not watched yet. I've actually not even finished Deadwood yet. I'm enjoying it so much. I, I slowed down watching it. So I'm like, I'm savoring like an episode a week. I've got like four left. But after that, I'll watch the movie. But uh, apparently ev- everyone said the movie was great, tied it up real well. But it's a fantastic show. You should go watch it. If you've never seen Deadwood, you are still going to enjoy Undeadwood on the Critical Role channel. It is not necessary to have seen the show to get it. Characters from the show, locations are referenced. They're definitely inside jokes if you've seen the show. Um, but but you're not going to miss out on anything you know, substantial to the story. You'll just miss out on the joy of having seen Deadwood. So all that to say, first go watch Deadwood, then go watch Undeadwood. I mean, you can you can do it without watching Deadwood, but you should really watch Deadwood. Okay, I'm gonna stop beating that drum. Um, Brian W. Foster, as I said, is the uh, the game marshal for this show, and y'all, he just kills it. Like he just kills it. Um, you know, it, it's it might be easy to think of Brian kind of as the wisecracking guy on Talks Machina, who you know hosts the uh, CR panels at live events. Um, and he certainly is all of those things, but he is in the zone when he is in his favorite setting telling these stories. And, and really what, what surprised me and, and fantastic props to Brian for pulling this off. But what really surprised me was the level and quality with which he did voices of characters from the TV show. Um, in particular, there are three characters. If you watch the show, you know, Johnny and Dan, and they work for Al Swearingen, who is kind of the, the main boss, you know, pimp of the of the local saloon and whorehouse um played uh by of course now i'm going to forget his name ian ian mcshane right yeah ian mcshane yeah ian mcshane fantastic actor very distinct voice and brian really nails these voices and and he really emphasizes what i think a lot of people don't value or realize if they're not voice actors or haven't done you know acting or kind of voice training is that it's not just sounding like someone right it's not just an accent it's not just you know making your voice have that kind of twang or, or sounding slightly british or, or whatever it's, it's none of that that's valuable but what brian nails that really makes these characters come to life are kind of the idiosyncrasies both of their physical acting and delivery like the timing timber the 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 kind of vocal ebb and flows of these different characters. Like as soon as he did uh, Swearingen's voice um, when he's first introduced in the game, it was like, oh, I know exactly who that is. You don't even have to tell me the name because he nailed it. And he uh, he would do some of these kind of quirks that, that the character Dan does in the show um, visually, you know, when he's kind of motioning to people and whatnot. Um, you could tell that Brian, I mean, not just has watched Deadwood because obviously he has, but that he has spent time and intention practicing and prepping for these characters not just because he enjoys it, but because he knows it creates a more immersive experience for the people at the table. And oh man, the people at the table. Um, like we said, we got Kari, Matthew, Anjali, Travis, um, and then Ivan as the bartender. And we'll get to the bartender in a minute. But each one of these guys are decked out in these awesome period costumes. Their characters have great names. They've got great accents. Marisha's accent is like full-on Kentucky, Southern Belle. I mean, it is it is so good. But guys, Kari Payton as Aloysius Fogg steals this show, at least this episode. Um, he brings this kind of humor, this wit, and this edge that just kind of like makes it all pop. And, and, and it, was, it was hard not to wake my wife up because she was trying to sleep next to me and I'm trying to, you know, laugh into my pillow as I'm watching this. Um, 
it, it was just good. You could tell all the actors were there. Um, they were zoned in. They were committed to, you were really watching people play a role. And, and when you watch Critical Role, week in and week out, obviously they're committed to their characters. They know their characters. They play them well. But they do kind of slip in and out of those characters. And there's a lot of... Uh, you know, blurred lines between, you know, who who's who at any given moment, right? It's very easy for them to move in and out from, you know, Travis to Ford or from, you know, uh, Marisha to Bo or, or what have you. Um, but man, these guys are in character and they stay in character. And it, it was it was the closest thing to watching theater, like live theater, um, outside of actually going to the theater. And man, I'm just pumped about it. I'm, I'm pumped. I want to see more of this. Um, I'm torn because... My initial reaction to the episode was, oh, man, this, need, this, this needs to be a thing. It just needs to be a weekly thing. Um, but if there's one thing I know that it's that shows that go on too long always run the risk of uh, of running their course, right? I don't think we fit that with Critical Role. And obviously, them refreshing the campaign allows them to um, you know, introduce new characters, new settings, so, so they can kind of press reset every couple of years. I, I don't know if this would be good to, to continue running. I, I think that four parts, I would take six. I'd take eight. But I think four parts is really going to be the perfect avenue for them to tell the story that, that Brian has prepared for them. And and y'all, it's it, it's looking like it's going to be a good story. Again, no spoilers. You should watch the episode. But um, it's the kind of thing that I hope people do more of. Uh, like I said, um, Dragon Coast Survivor's Guide is is an example of of what I think I might be looking for when I talk about this of of intentional produced you know, high level production of, of D and D where really it becomes less about the game being played and the game is simply the stage that the actors stand on. Right. Um, and I love D and D. I mean, that's why I'm doing the show. I, I love D and D and I love, I will always watch critical role, but this improv live performance art, I mean, that's really what it was. It was like a live performance art, I, it's something else. It's something else, guys. And and I mean, I, I I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, and so that's all. This is gonna be you know, like I said, bonus episode, very short. We're gonna we're gonna keep it short. Oh, let, before I forget, Ivan Van Norman, the bartender. So Ivan, um, if you know him from Sagas of Sundries, uh, you know, great guy. Follow him on Twitter. Check out stuff he's done. He is the bartender. Literally, he is dressed as a bartender, standing in the background, polishing glasses. But then, and this must be something of the Deadlands system, which I've not played, but in this game, when characters um, take wounds or, or injuries, um, and I'm sure somebody who's played could explain it better, they, they mark that down as like, I guess, one point um, or something, and, and they have these fate chips that they can exchange you know, to keep themselves from taking a wound. But it looks like they have a special house rule for Undeadwood where <laughs> when you take a wound, you take a shot. Uh, so Ivan gets to roll out, you know, midway through this game and distribute uh, shots of liquor to to people who've taken wounds, which you know it, it's a fun twist. I'm I'm all about combining uh, your favorite gaming with your favorite libations. Um, so I thought that was a fun twist, and and really, you know, props to Ivan for just you know being excellent, uh, you know, window dressing for the show, standing in the back, polishing the glasses, ready to jump into character when when the moment arose. Um, it really was one of the small touches that uh, that really made the show so entertaining there are also other things i'm not sure i'm not sure if they'll they'll play out um throughout the show or if if you know if they were just kind of a 
uh, a quirk of what happened during recording. Matt's hair—it's like he had a—he had his own special fan on him. I don't know if he was sitting under the AC vent or for some reason we're gonna find out why his hair is always kind of lightly fluttering in the breeze. But I was there for it. Like it was good. Like I, I don't know why it was happening, but it was entertaining <laughs> and it added to to the vibe of the show. And then, of course, you know, uh, if you listen to our first episode, which if you haven't, you should. Um, first episode of this podcast, we interview Ian Phillips of Iron Tusk Painting. And he did a lot of the miniature work, uh, him and another guy. Um, he'll talk about him in the episode. But he did a lot of the miniature work for this show. And again, they, they have these great, dramatic, very cinematic shots of the miniatures of this town, of these buildings, a burned out husk of a church and, you know, the the local saloon and and just it's so good. I mean, I mean, you can listen to this. They'll release it, like I said, as a podcast. You can listen to the audio. But man, you got to watch this. Um, I think it ran it ran right around three hours or so. So, you know, you know, take a night, take an afternoon, chop it up, whatever. Make sure you watch it. Um, I think it's one of the best things. I, I enjoy just about all the content that Critical Role puts out. I'm, I'm an unashamed critter. But I think this is the best thing that they have put out since their, uh, since the campaign one and campaign two. There's just something special about it, and I, and I could not be more excited for the uh, for the episodes to come. So, like I said, Undeadwood premiered this past Friday. Look for the remaining three parts um, consecutive Fridays on the twitch.tv slash critical role. Um, you can check it out there. It'll be on their YouTube, I believe, on Sundays. Oh, and by the way, if they don't follow this up with a Firefly version of Deadlands featuring Nathan Fillion, then I don't know what the point of the internet is because this this RPG setting was clearly made for uh, for something like Firefly and and I will give anything to get more Firefly content. So, fingers crossed for that. Um, but until next time guys, you know, keep an eye out for our next episode coming up where we talk to Dave from Smuggler's Coffee. Follow Roll for Persuasion online. You can go to rollforpersuasion.com to subscribe, see our new episodes. You can follow me and interact with me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash rollpersuasion. And on Instagram, I'm at roll number four persuasion. So make sure you hit us up there. We always like hearing from you guys. And uh, until next time, y'all keep those trigger fingers twitchy.